do we see at Groundswell this year, the 26th and 27th of June, close to London, UK? Many friends of the podcast will be there. John Kempf, Abby Rose, Benedict Bozo, Henry Dimbleby, Claire Hill, Russ Carrington, Andy Cato, Tim Coates, and many, many more. See you there. You're going to listen to a conversation with Imerick and Joseph, working at Quadia Capital. If you're interested in how to invest in regenerative food and agriculture companies and some nerdy details, this is your interview. We're discussing how they found the sweet spot to get investors to invest in regenerative agriculture and food companies by offering them something which falls into their comfort zone and how they have invested in over 15 companies and their, the reason they're using flexible loans. And what are flexible loans actually? So enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Investing in Regenerative Agriculture, Investing as if the Planet Mattered, a podcast show where I talk to the pioneers in the regenerative food and agriculture space to learn more on how to put our money to work to regenerate soil, people, local communities and ecosystems while making an appropriate and fair return. Why my focus on soil and regeneration? Because so many of the pressing issues we face today have their roots in how we treat our land, grow our food and what we eat. And it's time that we, as investors, big and small, and consumers, start paying much more attention to the dirt slash soil underneath our feet. Before we get started, I've been recording these interviews next to my day job, and I will definitely continue to do so, and release about an episode a month. But at the same time, I would love to take this further, share more interviews. There are many more stories to share on investing in regenerative food and agriculture. More depth, improve the quality, maybe even doing some video series. So I started a Patreon community, which makes it easy to support creators like myself. If these podcasts have been of value to you, and if you have the means, I invite you to support me and make this happen. For more information, please find the link to my Patreon account in the description below. And now, without further ado, the interview. Enjoy! So welcome to Investing in Regenerative Agriculture, Investing as if the Planet Mattered. I'm Kuvan Sayan, your host, and today I'm talking to Emily Jung and Josep Segara of Quadia Capital, an investment manager based in Geneva, Switzerland, who invested over 150 million into impact companies, projects and funds. Emily Jung joined Quadia to shape its food and agriculture investments. For example, setting up Noriterre, a financing program which supports entrepreneurs in the agri-food sector, demonstrating a clear alignment to the principles of organic and sustainable agriculture. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I'm going to ask Amerik and Joseph everything there is to know about their investment strategy, their theory of change, their vision, and how they put money to work. Welcome, Amerik and Joseph. Hello. Again. Hello. Morning. Good morning. So to start with a, a personal question to both of you, actually, and, and you can decide on your end who's going to answer it first. How did you end up in the space of food, agriculture, and soil? So I can start and just to to let you know that before working at uh, Quadia, I was uh, working around 20 years on capital markets and the uh, trading room, uh, mainly on uh, the structuring side. So it was really about looking for solutions. And uh, in 2007, what happened, we, we, we had a crisis, food crisis with uh, pricing going up for all the food. And more and more private equity uh, funds came to, to to my desk, to my team, to switch a solution about buying land and produce food because it was clear that um, population growing, pricing going up, it was uh, a key investment 10 years ago. And on my side, I, I just found out that having a quantitative solution, which is just producing more food, is not sustainable and it's a short-term view about a solution that we should uh, implement. And step-by-step, step, still working uh, 
at banking, I met a lot of people about agroecology, uh, local food, regenerative agricultures, uh, uh, and I do think that's the solution. And I started to be passionate about quality instead of quantity, uh, logistic instead of just a linear economy where you are producing and then you waste. And um, I started to, to, to think that we should bring investment to all these new entrepreneurs who are reinventing the food system. And that's what I'm doing now uh, with Joseph at Quadia. And in my case, it's a little bit different. So I started my practically my, my career in impact investing uh, based on, on, the, on the idea that something has to be changed and we don't have a lot of time. So... I decided to to start uh, directly from uh, from from university. So so and, and food and agriculture, of course, as a main theme on, in impact investing, is something that uh, relates to myself as coming from from Spain. Thank you for for that introduction. And so you both joined Quadia already with, in the case of Angelic, with a lot of experience, and in the case of Joseph, with a, a lot of focus. How has been that journey of, of setting up that focus on uh, food and agriculture within an already impact-focused uh, wealth manager? Why were they so keen on, on focusing on food and agri? Uh, at Quadia, it was quite logical to, to go into this territory because uh, at the beginning, the first Quadia partners worked on energy, like, like a lot of impact um, funds or impact companies and uh, looking for being more efficient and looking for companies on energy efficiency. And when you really look at what we need today uh, and, and what's going on, uh, a big waste of energy is in the food system. Just all the oil you can uh, use and need for uh, growing uh, the food, then the logistic and transporting food from uh, one place to uh, all around the world. It's a big waste of, of energy. So it really made sense that um, the food and improving the food system will uh, finally uh, be, be the next step uh, with the first investments in, in, uh, in energy. And also uh, because on, on impact, you know that with the food and the food market, which is more than 5.5 trillion worldwide, uh, if you can change small things for the environment, for the social organization, you are really uh, making an impact. And, uh, and it's always a big change. As we, you have now, I think, more than 1.3 billion farmers worldwide. And just a very, very small part uh, is doing modern agriculture. So it's on impact, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, huge how you can change things when you are doing it uh, with a good intention and looking for quality instead of quantity. And you didn't go straight, I mean, from banking to Quadia. You also co-founded Slow Money in, for the French-speaking countries. Can you explain a bit more what you were working on there and what your first uh, discoveries or first journeys into sustainable food and agriculture and impact investing were like? Yeah, of course. So... Um, After 2007, um, I lived 2008 and the banking I, I mentioned before, I was at Lehman Brothers. So it was really in London at the trading room at my desk, leaving the crisis. So it was not so easy, but... Wow, you were in the first row. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the famous Monday in September. But um, for me, it was not 
really sad finally because for one year I was already interested by something else. So I, I had this passion about how to bring solutions, this time not just through derivatives or pricing, but really on the field with uh, with entrepreneurs. So still at banking uh, for three, four years uh, on on, on my uh, um, as an hobby and during my holidays, I was meeting all these uh, farmer producers, um, people trying to to improve uh, the food. And now it's more common than ten years ago. Today, I think you you can go to any meeting, dinner, opening a newspaper or TV. You have a lot of news about food and how food is poisoning us and uh, and uh, the planet. 10 years ago, it was really uh, less less known by people. So what is interesting, so I started to do my first investment by myself, which were small investments, and step-by-step step bigger investment. And then I, I just heard about uh, slow food, slow money, which is how to save and how to invest in the local food system. And um, it was um, a, a bridge with philanthropy and also impact investing. So this world... Uh, microfinance as well on the emerging market, philanthropy, local food system, impact investing. You can really uh, find the same people through foundations or on philanthropists. And that's how I started to do my first investment. Oh, very, very exciting. And then you started at, at Quadia and you came up with not only a strategy on, on private equity, so direct deals into companies, but also Noritere, which is a financing program and is that different from a fund or can you explain a bit more where um, that program came from uh, and, and both of you and what that actually is so we can dive a di bit deeper into that? Um, first, you, you have to know, and I, I do think you know this, when you are talking with people or classical investors or bankers about uh, social and environmental finance uh, or impact investing, you have this um, thought that it will not be liquid, it will be uh, with a low return uh, or just an emerging market with high risk and sometimes not really professional doing this kind of investment. More as a hobby, yeah. Yeah, five years ago it was really um, the case each time you were talking about uh, impact investing when, when it was not in um, uh, green bonds or big energy infrastructures, you had this kind of, of, of uh, ideas by people. So what we did with Noriter is just uh, trying to find for an investors where is his comfort zone. And the comfort zone, it's not for investing too long and uh, having a clear view on the potential return. So we built this program by bringing diversification uh, for the investors. And uh, the key was investing for four years targeting a 4% uh, annual return and already some cash flow after two years and three years. So when you invest 100, the Nuritea program is giving you back 25% after two years, 70% after three years, and full redemption after four years. So for a lot of investors, it made sense to have diversification, uh, I would say in real economy, um, in their portfolio, and they knew that the return and, and, and the timeline of the return was really clear. So um, it's, it's what we call the comfort zone of the investors for them not thinking that it's uh, too much risky at the beginning. Yeah, which is very interesting because it touches upon a lot of uh, response I've had in these podcasts that investors, but also fund managers, they, that, that those are the two main 
uh, or the two main things are the high um, barriers to entry. So you need to bring quite a big investment to enter a lot of funds or into, uh, into a lot of things. And that liquidity piece, like it's very unclear in many cases um, because it's such a long-term transition, the food system, when it's coming back. So tackling that one is, is absolutely key. And how are you doing that? How do you make sure that after two years or four years already most of the money or after four years, all of the money plus the return came back? So we're structuring it, it in a way uh, that we, we are only investing in debt in this program. So we more or less half of the portfolio, a little bit more is uh, allocated in direct loans to, uh, to young companies normally uh, looking for working capital uh, funding. So in growth phases where, of course, the banks are an alternative, but they need uh, sometimes quicker capital and uh, and also partners that understand the business and their their needs in terms of network and where they are going at and uh, the the rest of the portfolio is actually allocated to debt funds which give this uh, liquidity uh, component too and of course the the way we structure the loans and the repayments uh, match the the cash flows that we want to uh, obtain and uh, reimburse to to investors so the the whole pack uh, allows us to to structure it in a way that uh, capital repayment is possible from year two onwards uh, so it's roughly uh, one year period investment and over the four-year uh, horizon of the of the vehicle and uh, of course the the, the most uh, tangible part of this is the um, the direct loans to uh, to entrepreneurs uh, but the funds give us uh, an extra di diversification, also geographical, because the direct loans we do mainly in Europe. Uh, and uh, and the funds uh, give us this other uh, component and allow, allow us to, to be present uh, along the value chain, which is also the objective of, of, the, of the new return program. So I have a lot of follow-up questions on this. To start with the first one, was it easy to find funds, debt funds that, that fit your strict criteria on impact and, um, and also on the liquidity level? I mean, I, I know a lot of um, investors and impact investors I work with are struggling to find them. Was that easy for, for you to allocate 50% of these vehicles to that? It is not easy, uh, of course. And you're very right saying that uh, there's there's few and there's when you are very strict in in terms of impact and, and the the kind of output that you want to see in such a strategy, uh, you your universe becomes very very small. Uh, we already at, at Quadi have had for for years a fund mandate that has enabled us to to select uh, three four funds to to pre-select three four funds that then we can use in this uh, kind of strategy, and we're very comfortable with with what we have. Uh, they're, they're, the focus is. Uh, Medium-term loans, uh, and also in working capital, working a lot with cooperatives, also in the trade finance space, uh, pre-export mainly. So there is clearly a, a focus on, on the field and that has to um, be demonstrated on, on years uh, working in, in, those, in those countries and, and with a big footprint in different crops, etc., so, but it's true that uh, there are not a lot of alternatives, and that was one of the, and is still one of the challenges for, for ourselves and for many others. Do you want to learn how to invest, or are you an entrepreneur and want to build companies in the regenerative food and agriculture space, or do you work in big ag and big food and want to really move the needle? We have developed a new video course for you. 
Find out more on investinginregenerativeagriculture.com slash course or in the show notes description below. Now, we, we started with the first Nourite at 50-50, um, so 50 direct investment, 50% through funds. Um, unfortunately, we, we, we dropped one or two funds because they are really uh, struggling for performance and all direct allocations are performing more. So the next Nourite, it's more around um, two-thirds direct allocation and one-third through funds, still for a liquidity and diversification um, target, but on the performances, um, we we really have the right network and the right partnership now for doing more and more direct right. investment. Yeah, but that that was going to be my next question. How do you find uh, these type of direct loans, and and how does it look like in practice? So you mentioned, and I've seen on the website, it's it's a flexible loan where you where you are basically aligned with the company and I was wondering how that works in practice and of course if you have a, an example you can go through how you found them and how that actually what, what that means uh, for the company so first for the deal flow um, we we have some some uh, some partnership where we are offering co-financing so they they have their own deal flow could be funds could be banks uh, could be asset managers um, and we are doing co-financing. And this co-financing, it's mainly uh, basic loans. Another specificity we have, it's we are doing index debt. And index debt means that you are not discussing an interest rate with the entrepreneur. What you explain is you just need uh, a risk premium and the entrepreneur must pay back the debt with this risk premium. For example, it could be 20% for uh, three years or three years and a half, which is the maximum maturity we, we are doing for our four years program. And it just means that the, the entrepreneur is borrowing 100 at the beginning. And for one year, there is no uh, cash flow. So he can really grow his company. Uh, we don't need some cash back for the first year. To really put the money to work. Yeah. yeah. And after, or sometimes just starting uh, re uh, redemption to the bank or other partners and not Quadia. But after one year, every six months, he will pay back a percentage of um, his gross sales. So it means if the company is, is more successful than what we checked on the business plan, instead of three or 3.5 years, they will be able to redeem after two years and it will be a high return for us. But it's a high return you are doing thanks to the company's success, not because you were negotiating at the beginning high interest rate. So by, by doing this way, a lot of entrepreneurs understand that perhaps uh, the price of capital would be uh, higher, but it's always cheaper than equity, but could be higher than just interest rate. But they are happy to share this because it's higher because they are more successful. And how, what's the, because I love this, this models, royalty-based, indexed, um, revenue-based, everything that, that aligns the investor with the entrepreneur instead of basically putting them on two different sides of the table and negotiating as, as, as tough as possible. What's the response from, from companies as many are probably fixed to either doing debt very strictly or, or equity? What, what's their response normally when you come to the table and say there are many in-between options between those two, uh, those two tools? That's, that's a very good question, actually, because it's, it is true that some companies, especially when they're young and they're, they're starting the, the first years, they don't really consider debt as an option. Uh, we, we try to, to explain, and I think we've been successful, 
saying that it is indeed an option to complement uh, an equity round or, or uh, bank financing, for instance. And it's an intelligent way to, to put it too, because it's uh, we are able to be more, more flexible than a bank and structure it in, a, in an intelligent way. Uh, so it is. It is. Uh, it has been very uh, uh, well adopted by entrepreneurs that we're working with. We've financed now more than 15 companies in the space. Some of them younger, some of them more, uh, more consolidated, but all of them with a clear objective of of growing the, their business and uh, and with increasing uh, working capital needs. So there is the the sweet spot is is there if you wish, and of course uh, it is true that that there is. There's also a pricing uh, issue that we have to overcome. There's bank alternatives, uh, but and entrepreneurs also uh, appreciate a lot being in the Quadia network and uh, being alongside some somebody that even if it if he is invested in debt, is able to bring something different, and and that's a, and that's a clear value add, I think. And and in terms of the investors that you might be co-investing with or or the banks that are or the, the equity investors or the banks that are in the same round or, or, or helping the company in the same moment, how are they responding to these type of tools? I would say uh, very positively because they, they see another actor uh, coming in the, into the table. Uh, of course, it's complementary to, uh, uh, to a bank. It gives the sense that the company is going in the right direction, especially if the, the impact strategies is there and, and, is, and is clear. And uh, from the banking perspective, it is too uh, reassuring that another uh, player is, is supporting the company. And from an equity investor perspective, it's, of course, uh, non-dilutive. So uh, there's also this uh, uh, attractive part of it, which we ourselves want to... It's, a, it's also a way for us to screen companies to see how, how they advanced and why not consider an equity investment in the future. Uh, so it's it's also a way to get to know the companies, work with them before you might consider a long-term equity investment. Yeah, of course. And you know, we are bringing a network. We we are bringing knowledge on the food sectors partnership. We can find um, some partners for them on uh, on the value chain. So it's a lot of work on the field. It's not just the financing. Yeah, you bring a lot more. You bring smart money to the table. And impact. We are driving their impact. We are driving their value chain, and we are really looking at how they can improve uh, their process uh, to match our impact requirements. Oh, extremely interesting. And and then my final question on technical details, and then we we go uh, we we zoom out a bit. For investors that invested in the vehicle in Noriterra, can they co-invest as well in in individual deals? Or, um, as, as I can imagine, that might be interesting. And I see some impact funds that are um, moving that direction or already offering, but not everyone. So I was wondering if that option exists here. It's something we are starting this year. Um, so we are doing, our deal flow is growing. And um, when we have um, a higher investment, for example, five to six million in a company, uh, we are doing club deals. So we are bringing money to the company could be a mix of equity and, uh, and debt. And one part of this debt could be uh, also with a uh, Nouritaire program. We can share it. And uh, as an example, um, the next investments we are doing, um, some people who started with us, um, I would say with average size investments through Nouritaire program, now they are going uh, into equity directly 
to new companies we are uh, investing in. So it's also a learning curve for our investors starting with Nouritaire, their comfort zone, comfortable program, and now ready to go to more private equity deals because they are confident in, uh, in uh, uh, our expertise and the companies we are bringing uh, for investment. And in terms of impact, which what you mentioned before, um, what are you measuring uh, in terms of impact of Quadia direct deals, but also Noriter? We don't measure anymore. It's uh, it's uh, how we want. So you used to do it. Yeah, exactly. So we have our own methodology, but sharing this methodology methodology with uh, uh, basic KPIs people can use. But before we had this Quim uh, Quim one, which is Quadia Impact Measurement, and we change it to Quadia Impact Management. It means now we want to be more and more active investors, even when we are doing uh, loan or debt, to the company. So it's not just about looking at the company and if the company is doing it well. It's really how we can manage the company or how we can bring ideas or action into the company to being uh, better on the on the value chain and mainly i would say with uh, the circular economy approach a lot of people can and entrepreneurs could see uh, sustainability like you know kind of regulations are not really business oriented but when you are discussing about externalities and circular economy entrepreneurs can really feel that it's an opportunity it will bring more efficiency to the company uh, it will Brings the company to be also more profitable. So, most, more than measurement, what I try to explain is now we are working on impact with the company to 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 show them that um, it will be better for their value chain and better also for the profitability. And for us, the impact will be linked to the success of the economy uh, and of the company. If you are a small company, you are doing a great product, but you, with a good impact, and you are not selling it you don't have a big impact. If you can have a great product and selling it well, or product or services, uh, then you are doing this impact. And that's how we put all our work now in uh, what we will call the regenerative economy, because we do think it's too late for being just sustainable. We really need to rebuild with a bottom-up approach um, the economy we are looking for and the economy we like. And what's a... A nice example you can talk about uh, from from the current uh, vehicle that that's active that really embodies this also impact measurement to impact management, but also in terms of uh, the loan etc. and the loan approach. What's a nice example you would like to share? I think uh, uh, a good example, for instance, in the Nouriter program. So when that is a company called Boussole in France, which is a network of uh, socially minded bakeries uh, along France started as a social project in the Economie Sociale Solidaire. So a, a clear social approach, but uh, with, a, with a business that uh, makes sense and, and a whole approach, which is very, very interesting. So they, they're basically uh, employing um, employees with, uh, with difficulties in the market that uh, are in risk of being excluded from the labor market. And they're putting it, them to work in, in bakeries doing organic uh, bread, uh, selling directly to, uh, to big customers. Uh, so with volu- volume customers, canteens, uh, uh, 
um, schools, residences, etc., that are able to uh, to bring a certain uh, volume. They uh, they have been quite successful in different cities in in France, and uh, we've uh, we've financed uh, one the opening of one of the the network the branches, and uh, we're willing to to do more because we see that the the model is working, and their uh, their approach can even can further be be improved in terms of the transport, for instance. To customers, uh, passing to electric cars, etc. These are all things that we're already looking at uh, with them. Uh, the production process is very important too. The the sourcing of the of the raw materials in the production, uh, the the use of plastics. Uh, there is several points. The the management of waste too very important. And they're trying to minimize that. So there, we we see that uh, we we can very uh, very much have a holistic approach with them. And I would say it's a very nice example to uh, to what we try to do, uh, both in, in equity and debt, because this is, a, a, of course, an approach that uh, we take uh, with all companies in our portfolio. And what are you busy with right now? We're talking February 2018. Or what, what's the main thing that's on your mind at this moment that you're busy with this week and, 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 and today as well? So we are increasing our new retail programs and um, uh, on the same time, direct investment in companies. So now we have uh, for Q1, we are investing in five food companies uh, and four are on, uh, on, uh, in, in Europe. One uh, is on emerging countries. So these companies, we can really bring funds to the company, what I just explained before, either directly or uh, through our, our, our programs. So that's really how we can combine uh, entrepreneurs' needs and uh, what investors are looking for in terms of, re of returns. We are really, I do think we are really a bridge um, uh, able to, 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 to make these two worlds uh, matching and meeting and being both very happy of, of what they are doing. And what we explained in our uh, last Noritea report, it's... An asset value, performance, um, a, a chart, or diversification in a portfolio cannot express um, all, I would not say the gratitude, but really, yeah, the, the happiness of entrepreneurs when they can work with uh, some people, supporting them, understanding the business, trying to look at what is the second bounce of the ball, what is the business in five years, ten years, how they will manage externalities and not being just a fund or a bank um, expecting an exit or um, waiting for uh, the debt uh, coming back. So I would say we are working on uh, a kind of growth for Quadia, more deals, more investment, but also without losing our priority, which is as the quality of uh, the business we are doing and the quality of the funding we bring to companies. And, and is that something, because five years ago, and especially 10 years ago, when you first started looking at this space, have you seen a lot of change in terms of the entrepreneurs? I mean, you mentioned that there's a lot more focus on food, but do you see finally those two world, worlds of agriculture and food and impact investing, are, are they coming closer? Do you see any signs, not just in, in your uh, daily work, but also outside that? Uh, yes, it's really uh, big changes because 10 years ago or even five years ago, 
it was considered by by investors or also by by politics or by uh, people um, on, on economics or, or or just I would say leaders, it would be considered like. Um, you can do some philanthropy, you can be uh, a, an utopist or a dreamer on, on your side trying to do good food, good quality on good farming, but that's it. That's it. And the big money, the big investment is still maximizing the profit. And now, I, I do think more and more people understand that we have to build the futures we, we, we need and not just uh, maximizing the, the, the profit. And... Um, it's just an example, but beginning of the year, having a letter from the CEO, uh, BlackRock CEO, CEO uh, Larry Fink, explaining that a company must have a social role where governments fail to really uh, bring a better living conditions to a lot of people, I do think it's, it's very strong. So uh, as a summary, I would say 10 years ago, people didn't understand what I was doing or they just thought that it was for being busy during the weekend and now they can really understand uh, it's a new economy we are building and like internet 20 years ago it was just a small part of the economy but could be growing and they want to be part of this economy. And what do you see as the main barriers because I see a lot of signs as well I saw the, the announcement of Danone last week where one of their main line of credits is going to be the, the return they have to pay or the, the cost they have to pay on that is going to be connected to their ESG uh, performance. And, and that's not a small one because it's $2 billion. So they're starting even cost of capital is becoming less if you perform well on sustainability, which is very interesting. Um, but what are the main barriers you think for, let's say there's a room full of impact investors who are very interested in, in food and agriculture who have read the books about soil and about local communities and they want to get into this but they don't know where to start what do you feel as the as, as an expert in this space as the two main barriers for this i think the two main barriers are uh, first you have to understand as a consumer but also as a distributor producer that food is not a basic product it's not like a smartphone or a TV or anything. It's about life and it's about a cycle you need to protect or you need to regenerate. So it means it takes time. So I would say um, the, the, the two main barriers is understanding that the price and the cost is not everything because we are talking about food and, uh, and life. And the other barrier is being able to have a long-term view. You cannot just look at one-year cycle or six-month cycle. But the good thing is, not yet, but where you can really have a good perspective on being optimistic, it's even if it looks more expensive, you have a way to arrange the price for having quality food, not too expensive, just if you reduce your uh, animal product consumption, for example. And the key for us is externalities. Once people would understand that someone has to pay for externalities, now you will not have you will not have any more barrier because it will be very logical that people doing well uh, with less damage, so less externalities, they will compete better and they will uh, um, have more autonomy and resiliency on, on their um, value chain. So that's our bet for not having any more barrier. 
but now it's clear that the long term view, the time you need to spend, and the first cost, uh, it's uh, the main issues for uh, being mainstream. And, and where would you, both of you actually, if, if uh, a new impact investor or new to the space, where would you start? What, what would be your advice to, to get active in this space? Two, two ways. Either uh, you want really to start, um, uh, I would say, in emerging countries. And, you know, we, we cannot just be a happy consumer or happy investors because we are paying the fair trade. Uh, fair trade is not enough. You really need to work on the value chain on these countries and to create jobs and to create autonomy to these countries. So it could be a first approach. And the other approach is really about investing in the good companies in, in Europe, for example, doing the, the right product and just being sure that they can uh, distribute the product and uh, how they have to educate um, uh, the consumers that the price is not everything. So by uh, having an, uh, the right communications with all the scientific studies we, 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 we know now about um, uh, very processed food or pesticide, you know, it's just a cycle. So you need to invest or you need to put your money where you will educate the consumer for traceability, for example, and on the same time where you will be able to support the producer for being sure they will keep going on doing the quality. And apparently it's what Danone is starting. Yeah. And uh, I would add, we, we, we need to consume that product too and uh, start from the beginning which is uh, um, making sure that, that we understand the approach in terms of uh, consumption and in terms of uh, what we want uh, us uh, as, as consumers to have and if we see more products of that type uh, we're of course going to see more investment too uh, coming in. And, and do you see, and this is really my final question, I, I always say that, but then I have five others. Um, do you see a role for us as consumers? And, and in that case, most of us aren't accredited investors and are retail investors. Do you see a role for the consumers and in not just between brackets being the consumer of the product, but also a more active role in the company? You see a lot of crowdfunding, crowd lending coming up. What, what's your... Uh, medium to long-term vision on that of course that is uh, that is i think key uh, so if if financing actors see that uh, crowdfunding in equity and, and in debt crowd lending uh, makes sense and is working which which we already see uh, this is a big push in terms of what the customer uh, is looking for and what uh, he it, he's able and willing to to finance uh, from a micro perspective but uh, uh, it's a, a fantastic way to start uh, that is only a clear sign that uh, more money needs to be uh, put in the the space, and uh, it's a, a, a starting point also for for more institutional investors to look at the at the area, and uh, and really make a difference with uh, more more capital and uh, more scalability, which they of course uh, bring. And and would these royalty or indexed based loans? To me, they seem perfect for crowd lending, but what do you think about that? Yes, they they are in totally in line with an approach that you would see in in, in crowd lending. We've we know several examples that uh, kind of go towards that direction. Uh, I think it has to be made understandable for retail uh, uh, investors, let's say, uh, and it has to be simple. It has to be uh, also it has to make sense for companies. Uh, they need to 
understand and and feel that that the mechanism uh, works in terms of fi- finding the right incentives, etc. The timing is very important. Uh, we need to be with and maturities at the horizons that make sense and not every company has the same uh, uh, kind of horizon so uh, but that is clearly one approach that works for uh, for micro uh, uh, funding let's say and uh, that is also the, the but it, it is also scalable as as we we've done it ourselves and you're able to start from from as small and and come to to a more critical size uh, in the future Thank you so much for that. I want to thank you for your time and, and be conscious of it. So I'm, I'm going to end the conversation here. There's so much more to discuss, but we'll definitely check in again and, and see how the different versions of Noditata are, are going, how the different vehicles, and of course, also on, on your, your equity investments. Thank you both, Emerick and Joseph, so much for your time this morning. Thank you very much, Gwen. You just listened to a conversation with Emerick and Joseph of Quadia really getting their hands dirty by investing in real and growing regenerative food and agriculture businesses. I hope it was as interesting, relevant and inspirational to you as it was to me. Thank you for making the time to listen to this podcast and making it all the way till the end. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you found the Investing in Regenerative Agriculture and Food podcast valuable, there are a few simple ways you can use to support it. Number one, rate and review the podcast on your podcast app. That's the best way for other listeners to find the podcast, and it only takes a few seconds. Number two, share this podcast on social media or email it to your friends and colleagues. Number three, if this podcast has been of value to you, and if you have the means, please join my Patreon community to help grow this platform and allow me to take it further. You can find all the details on patreon.com slash regenerative agriculture or in the description below. Thank you so much and see you at the next podcast.